0: your bibles remain standing Tur- turn with me to second peter chapter number one second peter chapter number one uh, how many of y'all notice how many of y'all notice the bible quiz going on while you are coming in anybody notice that all right how many of y'all how many of y'all flunked how many of y'all are lying right now in the house of the lord amen amen uh, i took a test i took a test before and, uh, and, and, and they got trick questions on there and I was, I was knocking them off, knocking them off, knocking them off. And then they had some trick question about the little drummer boy. <laughs> what? And then, and anyway, yeah. stupid question. <laughs> Amen. No. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. How many of y'all have ever seen the, I guess it's the American, uh, American Bible show or American Bible oh, quiz, Ma- American, American Bible, Bible yeah. challenge. Yeah. Uh, how many of y'all have watched that? Anybody watch that? And, and kind of follow along. Uh, does it surprise you how much you know or you don't know? Right. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to, have you, ever, have you ever watched, I guess it's David Letterman or, or one of the other late night shows where they, they go walking in, in the, in the, in, in, uh, around young people, teenagers, college students and ask them real world questions like who the president is and they say the dumbest things. How I many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm thinking our country is going to hell. Say Amen. And I, I, I wondered what that would be like if we walked around and we walked around and just asked simple Bible questions that people should know. How would we do? How would we do? I mean, I mean really simple questions. Uh, how would we do on basic Bible knowledge? Right. And, and you say, well, it's not that big a deal. All I need is to know that, that God loves me. If that's what you think, you, you are in bad, bad shape. Uh, It is really important. Look what it says. Look what it says. Uh, The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 5, if you found your spot, say amen. amen. And beside this, in other words, beside your salvation... And beside your faith in Christ, beside your faith in God, you you are now a believer. You are now saved. What do we do? What do we work on in our lives? We do not work for salvation. We work out our salvation. Amen? Amen. Uh, Now, it says, beside this, giving all diligence add to your faith virtue. We found out last week that was excellence. We want to, we want to do everything we can in an excellent way. We want to strive for excellence. We cannot, we cannot reach perfection, but we may reach it. Uh, re- reach excellence by aiming for perfection. Amen. Now watch, add to your faith virtue and to virtue, what? Knowledge. Say it again. Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. It's important. And to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now how many of y'all want that to be your life? I want to be fruitful. I want to be uh, uh, prosperous in my life. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye, say it with me, ye shall never fall. Say it again. Ye shall never fall. Say it again. Ye shall never fall. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy, your kindness. Uh, Thank you for... A hungry crowd, Lord, they're here with their Bibles and their pens and their papers, ready to study and gain some knowledge tonight. And God, I pray that they will not leave disappointed. I pray that you'll help us, teach us, guide us. Uh, Lord, you are the ultimate teacher. Uh, Lord, you, you, the Holy Spirit can take your word and dr- drill it into our souls and our hearts as we grow and learn and mature in the faith. And I pray your will be done tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I I, I, I looked at that in. And and I, I think it's very important that we we maybe take advantage of those type things. Maybe take advantage of uh, those type board games where you, you you do that. Take Bible quizzes where uh, what do I know? What what where am I lacking? Where do I need help with? Because it's really important, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight: the importance of knowledge, knowing things, knowing God's word, knowing uh, uh, what He has and, and is doing for us. Uh, in in a recent chapel on campus, Chuck's one. All listed the following six reasons why it is important to pursue knowledge of the scriptures. Why should we study? I mean, one reason, obviously, God said to. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Obviously, we need to study God's word because He said to. That's enough. That's enough. It shouldn't, we shouldn't need any more, uh, uh but we're gonna get some more reasons tonight. But God does say study his word, he wants you to know him he doesn't want you just to know about him he wants you to know him in a personal way in an intimate way in a close relationship way so knowledge is very important now what does this do what did Chuck Swindoll say were great reasons why it's important to have a knowledge of the scriptures number one knowledge gives substance to faith knowledge gives substance to faith what does that mean it's like this you say well I believe well what do you believe or I have faith in what well, I have faith in God. Which one? Which one? You're saying the same thing that half or 90% of all the rest of the world saying. But their God is not your God. Are y'all with me? So it's important. It's important. When we know things, knowledge gives substance to faith. You don't need to just have faith. You need to know what your faith is in and what your faith is based upon. Are y'all with me? Say Amen. Knowledge gives substance to faith. Number two, knowledge stabilizes us during times of testing. Hey, how many of y'all, anybody going through it this week? Anybody going through it this week? Thank you. This has been a week, amen. This has been a crazy, crazy week. But when you know God's up to something, when you know things are not going to take place in your life without things happening that need to happen, We learned this in 1 Peter that he said, if need be, say that with me, if need be, say it again, Ye are in manifold temptations, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. In other words, if need be, you're going through a difficult time. God has a reason for it. And when you know these things, and when you know that God's hand is on the thermostat, and when you know that God loves you too much to hurt you, and you know that God won't let that thermostat get no higher than it needs to get for your best benefit, somebody say amen. Amen. You can't go through life without knowing some things. You need to know he's your father. You need to know he is God, and he is in charge, and he knows what he's doing. Listen, knowledge will stabilize us during times of testing. Number three knowledge. uh, Hey, how about, how about Job? How about Job? He said, he said, he's, he's trying me. He's putting me through the furnace. He is putting me through testing. He is putting me through difficulty. But what did Job say? When I come out, I'm going to come forth as gold. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. How could he say that? I didn't have this in notes, but this right here is good. For I know my Redeemer liveth. Yeah. What got him through the trials and the tribulations he was facing? What got him through the valley that he was going through? What got him through the fire that he was facing? It wasn't, listen, it wasn't his skill. It wasn't his ability. It was his knowledge that his Redeemer was alive and well, and his Redeemer was going to bring him through it. And no matter what happened on this side, when he got there, everything's going to be all right. I know my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand at the latter day on this earth. And though the skin worms destroy this body of mine, yet in my flesh I shall see God. I may be going through difficulty now. I may be going through problems now. I may be going through hell on earth now. I may be going through physical difficulties now. And the skin worms may destroy this body, but I know I have a Redeemer. I know he's alive and well. And I know things are going to be different in the future. Knowledge. Knowledge helped him through a difficult time of testing. Number three, knowledge enables us to handle the word of God accurately. Knowledge enables us to handle the word of God and accurately. I'm going to skip down. I'm going to skip down to this statement because it's really, really good. Uh, Look under number one and uh, under Martin Luther King Jr., whether you agree or disagree with anything or everything he did it does, it's, it's irrelevant uh, uh, but this is a this is a this is a very powerful statement nothing in the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. what are you saying? I'm saying this have you ever have you ever seen people? In a false religion, or or in, in, in any other type of situation, and you hear this, but they sh- they sure are sincere. Yeah. Yeah. You can be sincere and be sincerely wrong, and that is dangerous. That is dangerous. Too many people, too many people take the Bible, take the Bible, and they use it as a buffet. They'll take a little bit of this verse and a little bit of that verse. Well, first, let me change it. Let me let me stop that instead of taking the word and formulating a doctrine or belief they will have their preconceived idea of what they want things to be and try to cut the bible up in a way to back that up and they try to twist and turn the bible to fit what they want to tell you that's how that's how every cult starts but paul told timothy rightly divide the word of truth you see they would take those tents and they would cut the material for those tents and when you cut the material for those tents you had to cut it right and you had to cut it even and it had to be it had to be just right because because when you sewed it back together if you cut it wrong it wouldn't fit and how many places in america are 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 they are they bringing verses here and there and they're bringing it but it's not fitting Y'all with me? We don't need need to adjust the Bible to our lifestyle. We need to adjust our lifestyle to the Word. Y'all with me? Knowledge is so important. It's so important. Uh, Number four, knowledge equips us to detect and confront error. Knowledge equips us to detect and confront error. You need to know when somebody's wrong. Have you ever noticed that everybody's got an opinion? And most people want to force that opinion on you and and pass it off as truth. And you got to know some things. You got to know some things. Number five, knowledge makes us confident and consistent in our walk with God. How many of (laughs) y'all, oh boy. How many of y'all have gone in And they said, uh, we have a quiz quiz or a test this morning. And the famous question that has been heard around the world, what test? What quiz? Mm -hmm. And that feeling you get when you know you're fixing to take something you're not prepared for or you're not ready for. And you're like, oh. But, But that one that you got it. I mean you got it. You've studied, you've prepared, you've not procrastinated, you've done everything in the world to make that happen, and and there's no question in your mind, you know you got this material and you you're ready for it and you're here and here we are. What's that feel like? I'm I'm not I don't I don't well I was almost gonna say I don't like debating. I don't, I don't like, I don't like arguing. If somebody will stick with the book and say, okay, now everything you say, you got to back up with the verses. Now I can sit there and talk with you, whatever, however long you want to do it. Hey, let's, let's talk. Let's, let's deal with it. But when you go, well, I feel your feelings are irrelevant. There's a whole lot of stuff in God's word that I feel is unfair. But it's there, y'all. With me, Amen. and 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 I, I I don't like I don't like talking or debating somebody when I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't like that. I don't like I don't like doing that. Uh, you know. Uh, but but when I know my stuff, and I know what I'm talking about, and I know I've got truth, and I can back it up by God's word. And this is not being arrogant. This is not being cocky. This is not. It's about being prepared what does the Bible say? Be ready always to give an answer to any man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Are we prepared? Are we ready? Do we have enough knowledge to be able to? Amen. Amen. Listen, knowledge helps us be confident and consistent in our walk with God. Number six, knowledge filters out fears and superstitions. That's really good. I can't tell you, I can't tell you how many times I have been called as a pastor and said, Preacher, if I do this, am I going to hell? I mean, this is this are serious, serious questions because of superstitions that was coming. Am I going to lose my salvation if I or if this takes place? Can I lose my and and, and, and what's happened is they've lived under a superstitious person or somebody who's had these. I told you before about the, about the lady back in South Carolina whose grandmother told her that there's going to be more people go to heaven than go to hell if Jesus has to turn the rocks and trees into children. And that's, that, is, that is so crazy. And I thought, I thought she was kidding. And, and, and when I, y'all know I don't have no poker face. So it caused an issue. I said, no, ma'am. I said, where did you, don't, <laughs> my grandmother, and I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh, here's the deal. They take verses and mix them together. The Bible says, the Bible says that straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. Wide is the way, broad is the way. Are y'all with me? And many, all right. So we take, we take verses out of context, and then we take a verse where Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. He's riding in, in his triumphal entry, and, and the Pharisees get angry because they're praising him, and they're, they're worshiping him, and, and they say they tell Jesus, make them quit worshiping you. Make them quit praising you. And Jesus said, if I tell them to quit, the rocks and trees will cry out. So what have we done? We've taken a little bit of this and a little bit of that and, and, and something we want to believe. Who doesn't want to believe there's going to be more people go to heaven than go to hell? Amen. Amen. So we take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. We mix it together to form what we want to believe. And so this woman is raised up in a superstitious situation and in many different things. I'll give you one. I'll give you one that suicides the unpardonable sin. If you commit suicide, you automatically lose your salvation. Find that in the Bible. And how many people has been told that lie their whole entire life? You see? And and that's just one of countless. Well, how can we combat that? How do you combat a lie? With truth. The truth will make you free. But not unless you know it. And ye shall. Say it. Ye shall. Know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth has been the truth for centuries, but there's been a lot of people that's not been free. Why? They don't. Y'all getting it? Amen. Let's get in the outline. Let's get in the outline because I way, took way too much time in the introduction. Amen. Uh, number one, number one, number one. Uh, I want you to see the importance we recognize. We recognize. The importance we recognize. Why is this one word so important? Why did he put it right next to virtue and excellence? Here's the thing. The importance we recognize. A, ignorance is dangerous. Ignorance is dangerous. That old saying, what you don't know can't hurt you is a lie. It can hurt you. It can devastate you. It can ruin you. Ignorance is that now, uh, uh, no, I'm not going to dig there. Uh, we need to understand what ignorance is. Ignorance is not the, 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 the lack of ability to learn It's that you didn't. We don't have that knowledge. Knowledge is to know you don't know. Ignorance is not knowing. Amen. Is everybody with me on that? All right. Ignorance is dangerous. Look at, look what it says in Proverbs 5, 23. He shall die without what? Instruction. And in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. Job 36, 12. But if they obey not, they shall perish by the sword and they shall die without what? Knowledge. Knowledge. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed. My people are destroyed for lack of Knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that, that thou shall be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God. I will also forget thy children. Ignorance is dangerous. It's very dangerous. Uh, and and we'll, we'll see more why in, the, in, in B. Ignorance, uh, B, is deceptive. You say, why? Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. It's deceptive. It's deceptive. Why? You can be sincere and be wrong. You can be excited about God and be wrong. You can be excited about God and live wrong. Perfect illustration. You can. There, there are people that that. And some are baby Christians. Some are older Christians. Some are. Or whatever, and and, and and they go to church. They do all the things that Christians do, but yet they do stuff on the outside that's completely unbiblical. Premarital sex, living together outside of marriage, uh, uh, cheating at, at work, uh, 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 taking taking things from work, stealing. I mean, you, we can we can dress it up with fancy words, but it. it are y'all with me? And sometimes, sometimes it's done out of ignorance. It's done out of ignorance. What does God's word really say? Because we are now living in a society where anything really goes and anything's acceptable. So we think we move right into church and everything's cool. But what does God's word say? We don't know. We don't know. Because we have a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge. Now watch. It's deceptive. Here, here's, here's a great verse. Here's a great verse. Ephesians 4, 11, And he gave some, talking to the church, the body of Christ. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting. The word perfecting there means completing. Completing. If you want to write that in your notes so you can remember that, it means completing, maturing, developing, if you will. Uh, for the perfecting or completing of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ, the building up of the body of Christ. Till, till, in other words, we have a destination. We are trying to accomplish something. We're not just coming to church to have church. We're not just coming to church just to have something to do. This is not a sort of religious entertainment. You're not here because you got to have somewhere to go wait on your kids, I hope. Till, we're trying to accomplish something. Are you all with me? We want to teach, and we want to preach, and we want to develop. Uh, and and, and here's, here's a problem that, that I have seen in a lot of churches. This is a habit and not a desire to be better. It is a habit. It's something you're supposed to do. And it's amazing how many people do things out of habit. And then when we start doing things out of habit, we get used to it, and then we want to have change, and it changes our habit. Then we get Frustrated. We get frustrated. But if we're walking with Christ, he's the greatest change in the world. And if he institutes the change, it's not going to bother you. But if we're doing it out of habit and they go to changing it, we get all wigged out. Y'all with me? Now watch. Now watch. So, so we have a destination. We're having something we're trying to accomplish by coming to church. And, and y'all got to know this. Y'all got to know this. On Wednesday night, it's mostly safe people in here. The biggest majority of the people in here, almost all is saved people so I can talk different. And if you wonder why I address y'all a little different on Wednesday night than I do Sunday morning, is we got a big, huge crowd of unbelievers and and baby, 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 baby Christians and and lost people. So you cannot be as frank and blunt with them, but you're not babies. So I'm not going to feed you milk. I'm going to feed you meat and we're going to grow up. Y'all with me? Why? Because we need soldiers. We need commitment. We are living in such an hour of uncommitment and unfaithfulness. We are living in a time where it's a lukewarm, it's and I mean, it's the Bible coming to life. People are not in, but they're not out. They're, they're lackadaisical and everything. Well, we need to develop an army of people who are sold out and committed, but you will not get to that place without sound doctrine. So we're going somewhere till, watch what he says, till, we're teaching till, we're, we're learning till, we're growing till, we all come in the unity of the faith, say it with me, and of the knowledge of the son of God, we're going to know him, we're going to know about him, we're going to know him unto a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now here's the reason why, here's the reason why, that we henceforth be no more, what? And what what happens to children who don't know no better? They're tossed to and fro by what? Carried about with every wind of, by the sleight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. What does that mean? There's tons of charlatans out there. There's tons of deceivers out there. You can turn on. There's a section. Uh, there's a section in in in, in your uh, uh, your satellite whatever uh, like uh, channels three. Seventy to three eighty or whatever. There's like s- tons of, of 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 supposedly Christian stations, and uh, there is so much so much untruth and lies told in those those stations. It is staggering. And you see crowds and crowds and cr- and I'm thinking, how can you be this ignorant? How can you fall for this? these are such, I mean, it's to me, some of the stuff is so obvious. Why can't you see the deception? I'll tell you why. Because when you do not spend time studying God's word, when you forsake the assembling of yourselves together, when you don't start learning God's word and you just listen to whatever they say on the TV whatever he says, that's it. But what happens when you change a channel four channels down, and this dude over here says something different? Oh, now this is it, because he's a better speaker. He has more charisma, and he sounds better, and he sounds more right. So surely he's the What's happening? You're getting... But what if you study God's word and say, you both are liars? When you know truth, you're not going to be tossed. Let me tell you what will happen. You'll turn on, you'll turn on. And there's some good ones. There's some that, that I, I enjoy watching, but it's very, very few. But, but you'll sit there, and when you know truth, somebody's going to say, and here's what will happen. They'll mix in just enough truth laced with all their lies that it, may, it sounds good. But when you know truth... When you hear it, your spiritual antennas are going to shoot up and say, "Wait a minute, wait a minute! That's not what God's word says." But you see, here's here's what's here's what, here's the sad thing that's happening. Uh, many Baptists are going out and reaching people and reaching a younger generation and seeing them saved, but we don't have we we we. And I say we, I'm talking about across the board in general in America. We don't have good systems set up to develop and disciple these young people. So what happens? They grow up and they're not grounded in their faith. They're not grounded in the word of God. So the next cool, hip, flashy cult that comes by, they got them. Simply because they don't know the truth. Because it's cool. Hey, he's got a sleeve tattoo, man. He's got all of this Ain't he, it's amazing. It's amazing what we're drawn to and what we're attracted to. It's, it's, it's like, it's like fishing in that, that next shiny new lure that comes by. We're losing our younger generation. Now, let me say this. Most of that, the reason that is, is because our older generation don't know either. But our older generation, we've done been doing this too long to change now. And I like this. We're in the groove. Everything's cool. We don't, we're not, we're, stuff flashy don't, don't matter to us. Are y'all with me? But it does them. So what do we need to do? We need to tighten up. We need to start learning. Because, we, listen, they're going to do what we do. They're not going to do what we say. Y'all figured that out by now? Just Amen. like me. Say that with me. Just like me. We're going to have a time Sunday. It's going to be good. Uh, watch this. Watch this. Paul is, Paul is speaking to the Romans in Romans 10. Watch what he says. This is, this is kind of what I'm talking about. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. They might be saved. So if he's saying that, that means they're lost, right? If his prayer to God is it that they get saved, that means they're lost. Watch what it says. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. They're excited about God. You think, how could that be wrong? How could that be bad? I'll be honest with you. It always makes me nervous when an unchurched person comes in and gets excited about God and church and all of that and, 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 and just kind of likes everything but never makes a commitment, never makes a confession of faith, never repents and comes to God. They just learn to do church. Because church is exciting. The music can be very motivational and it can be very charismatic. And if you've got a certain type speaker that, that people are attracted to and they kind of like it because he may be funny or maybe something that really meets a need in their life. But yeah, and so what happens is they get all excited about God and they think, this is cool, man. But you can be excited about God and be lost. This is what Paul is saying. He said, it wasn't that they didn't like church. They loved church. They couldn't wait to get to church. Zeal, zeal doesn't mean, okay, I like cauliflower. Zeal is this, hot dog, it's chocolate on chocolate, say amen. (laughs) This was not just a, hey, okay, all right, we get you. They were zealous. I mean, they were, matter of fact, they probably were a lot more excited than some saved people that did have the truth. Now watch what he says. Watch what he says. He said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. So this means they're lost. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. They're excited. They're excited about church, but they're lost. Now what? what's the problem? They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. I had just come to my mind. It just come to my mind. I I, I was teaching on this and I had an illustration several, several years back about a thief who had a, who had a code of honor. Thief. He had a list of things that he he wouldn't do. He would never rob at night. He would he would he would never rob somebody with kids. I mean, it, it's it was it was really humorous to be honest with you. Because I read it for the humor factor before I went into the lesson. They had like ten things that you know what he he had his ma- his own made up righteousness. In other words. These, these people were zealous of religion and God, and, but it was according to their own and not God's. They were ignorant of what God said to do to be saved. They were ignorant of what God said to do and what he required for righteousness. Because you see, our righteousness are as filthy rags. In order to come to God, we cannot come to God in our own. We have to come through Jesus Christ. And they were excited. But what was what 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 was what was going on they were deceived because of a lack of so ignorance how many of y'all would agree with me that ignorance is dangerous not knowing not knowing that's why study is so important all right all right number two uh number two y'all messing with me with the clock ain't you you, you, you. All right, number two. Uh, What was number one? Tell me number one again. Say it again. Number two, the instruction to utilize. All right, what do we do? This is real practical. This is real practical. Show up, A, for preaching. It's not complicated amen but I'm gonna, I'm going to add a little something something to that. let me read let me read what Nehemiah Nehemiah 8 verse 23 Ezra is the preacher and it says, and Ezra the priest brought the law which would be the Bible before the congregation both of men and women and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the Watergate from the morning until midday, before the men and the women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people. Now, now watch. I'm pretty sure I remember this, but I'm I, if I remember right, when reading this before and preaching out this before, when he stood up to read the word of God, the whole time he was reading and teaching, they was standing. See, I'm, I'm merciful to you. Say, man. Let me just say a commercial right here. You know what irritates me with some contemporary music? When I go to a contemporary worship service, they want me to stand through all of their singing, and they get to sit while I'm preaching. Something's wrong there. <laughs> I want to tell them, all right, dude, I will stand while you sing if you'll stand while I preach. Amen. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just a little bitter right there. I don't know. Uh, watch, watch. So, So basically... They, they truly, truly respected God's word. They're standing. Now, watch what it says. And the ears of all the people were, uh-oh. The ears of all the people were, okay, I'm going to blow your mind. I'm going to blow your mind. Some of y'all are not going to believe this. <laughs> you don't get credit. For being in the building. <laughs> How many of you, you've probably said this because I've said this too. You see somebody's really going through it, really going through it, or, or having a rough time in life because of sin in their life or whatever. You need to get in church. <laughs> like somehow magically, being in this room. Preacher, what are you trying to say? I'm saying you can't come in here and sit during the preaching or the teaching and be thinking about the ball game all the whole hour. Amen. And it's difficult. I know, I know. It is it. I, I'm. I want to tell on myself so bad, but I can't because y'all say uh, y'all start watching me. <laughs> uh there are certain services that I go to. I have to really focus and 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 because it's so easy to let your mind stray if you're if you're like me it's so easy because i'll be i'll I'll be listening and then and then I'll be thinking a squirrel what happened you know uh let me get be ye, be ye doers of the Word and not yours only. All right, let me ask you a question. <laughs> I, was, I was preaching in a nursing home one time, and I think every preacher should have to preach in, in a nursing home before he ever gets to preach anywhere else. Uh, one, because everybody in there thinks you're Billy Graham, and it's great. Uh-huh. I don't care how bad a preacher you are, I don't care how sorry you are, them people appreciate you being there, and it makes you feel good. I'm telling you, you go in to be a blessing to them, and they bless your socks off because they're, they're glad you're there. I'm telling you, I've had, I've had more appreciation of me and, 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 and many nursing homes that I've preached in than go to church where they, don't even get me started. But I believe I believe that's you should do that. I should I believe every preacher should do that. But then then I remember one particular one. I was up there just going after it, just preaching my heart out, just doing the best I could. And and uh, and 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 back then I I was a little more energetic and and vocal and loud and and I, I look back in some of the messages back like in 2007 I was plumb mean back then. I don't. I'm glad I've mellowed. Amen. But. <laughs> i was I was preaching, and she had tears dripping off her face, and that's what she said. I don't know what he's saying, but he sure is saying it good amen <laughs> and I'm like, man, that's great that is awesome that is awesome but how are you gonna how are you gonna do the word if you can't remember the word? How many times have you asked somebody how many times have you asked somebody uh uh And they say, boy, I tell you what, we had a service this morning. It was an awesome service. Man, he was preaching. He is on fire. And I'll say, man, what did he preach on? (laughs) It was good. (laughs) You know what's happened, I I think? I think, sadly, some speakers have gotten so good at speaking It's kind of it's kind of making up or masking for lack of content. And we've gotten so we've gotten so attracted to the style of speaker that when we have somebody that comes in that's not quite as energetic or quite as charismatic or of that flavor, we don't like it because we don't think he's no good. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous. And that's that's happening everywhere. That's happening everywhere, and and so how how are we gonna how are we gonna do the word if we can't remember the word? Now here's here's what I'm saying. Pay attention. Pay attention. How many of y'all have had? How many of y'all have had that God moment when when something was said and you knew God sat beside you and said, oh, yeah. right. "How many of y'all know what I'm talking about?" Do you know that can be a lot more regular if we just pay attention? Because the question is not, is God speaking? Because he is speaking. Anytime you open that book, he is speaking. The question is, are we paying attention? One One of the things that I think we need to learn about God speaking and us hearing is one of the, the one of the key verses in all of the Bible. He wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the rocks being rent. But he was in that still. I'm my hearing's going bad horribly. I think it's hereditary. Uh, my grandfather. Had really bad hearing. Had to have hearing aids. My my father's real hard of hearing, and and I'm getting that same way. And 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 I've got to really pay attention. And sometimes I've caught myself. I guess I'm I'm reading lips so much that if they turn their head, it's it's kind of. In in order to hear a still small voice, you got to pay attention. And I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. How many of y'all? How many of y'all had? Uh, we're not gonna finish this, so ju- don't get nervous, cause it's just not gonna happen. Uh, how many of y'all had a a, a mother or a grandmother uh, that was kind of strict about the kitchen and all, and and you didn't eat snacks and stuff between meals? My my uh, my mom's my, not my mom's my dad's mom. Uh, man, she cooked breakfast and 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 she cooked dinner and she cooked supper and. And uh and and you you didn't you didn't go in there and snack cuz it would ruin your And uh and 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 if she cooked it bless God she meant for you to eat it. <laughs> Y'all with me? And you know what I found out? I don't care how good a cook is in the kitchen. And and even if it's your favorite meal, if you've spent between breakfast and supper, eating Twinkies or bonbons. Y'all with me? I don't care how good the meal is, you're not really going to want it. And how many of us fill up on the world's garbage, the world's literature, the world's magazines, the world's radio shows, the world's entertainment, everything that's there. And then when it comes time to sit at God's table, we don't have an appetite. Well, that preacher or teacher can't even keep my attention. It might be your problem. That's right. That's right. Have you ever noticed how good something tastes when you're hungry? Yeah. I mean, when you're really, really, really hungry, you could put salt and pepper on a pine cone and eat it. Say Amen. <laughs> And you think I don't remember? This tasting so good, (laughs) amen. This is the best salting cracker I've ever had in my life. Been out, been out with fishing the other day, and Dave uh, had some peanut butter crackers, and uh, and uh, I was hungry. And I'm telling you, I thought I had sat down at Caraba. Say amen. And you know what? How many times do we come to church and, uh, We can't even pay attention because we're thinking about everything else that's so worldly. And we wonder why we're spiritually dying. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And you know what I found out too? Y'all not gonna believe this, but I found out this too. Even if it's a poor, because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny the fact that there are poor speakers and poor preachers that'll bore you to tears. Right. Not gonna deny that. But I have found out this the hungrier I was, the more I got out of it, no matter how poor a speaker he was. Yeah, that's right. that's because, see, if you're hungry for the word of God, God's not gonna let you go home hungry. Y'all with me? Amen. So they were attentive. How can we, how can we change this, this lack of knowledge? How can we fight this, this, this famine of truth and knowledge? Let's go to preaching. And let's pay attention. All right. We have not only the preaching, but let's look at this. Uh, B we have classes, have all kinds of classes. Uh, y'all got that picture up there, brother Dustin? Uh, Man, we've got all kinds of things going on. Marriage classes, financial classes. uh, Dairy to move A to Z is really, really awesome. Uh, uh, Life groups is really, really important. Awana, TSM, all these things that's here, take advantage of it. We're going to be offering more. The more we can, the more we're going to try to offer class after class after class after class. Uh, we We are getting into a situation now once we get the building where it needs to be. We're going to have room. Uh, to do some more things and have the opportunity to do that, take advantage of them. I wonder, all right, when you have 2,000 people on Sunday and, and you have three to 400 in here, how many more people need to be in here eating? I wonder how many counseling sessions we could avoid if we just come and feed in here. I can't tell you how many times somebody's come to my office and said, you know, I just taught on that Wednesday night. And so many things, so many problems, so many so many issues could be avoided if we would just take advantage of the opportunities that God gives us. The preaching, the classes. Uh, discipleship. Discipleship. What's, what's discipleship? We can get technical with it and we can, you know, get as elaborate with it as we want. It's just one friend sharpening another. You mean to tell me I can be disciple without going to a class? Yep, if you get around a discipler. If you hang out with a disciple, y'all with me? Amen. Uh, D, personal devotion. Personal devotion is probably the most important. What does Psalms 63 say? Oh, God. That, hey, I've got five more minutes after that goes out, right, for the prayer? Okay. Uh, Psalm 63, 1. Oh, God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. What is he saying? He has a devotional time. In other words, before he seeks prosperity, before he seeks uh, uh, victory in battle, before he seeks any other thing, he seeks first the kingdom of God. He said, Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. What made him hungry? He'd done been there before. He'd done experienced the glory. I tell you what, you get a taste of God, you won't be satisfied with nothing else. Are y'all with me? Why, did, why would he say, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in tents of the wicked? He knows what it's like. He's done been in the presence of God. He's been in the glory of God. He, he, has, he has felt the touch and the anointing of God. He said, man, I want it. I hunger after it. I thirst after it. And, and you need to grow up and start taking charge of your spiritual life. Your spiritual walk with God is not your preacher's responsibility. Amen. Teenagers, young people, it's not your parents' responsibility. It's yours. We each have a responsibility to walk with God on our own. Am I here to help? Yes, and I want to help, and I'll do everything I can to help, but I don't need to be a crutch. Right. I'm, I'm going to explain it this way, and I don't mean to sound crude or anything. Uh but you know how you know how in in, in the early days for baby food and all that, a, a mom would take that 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 those peas or green beans or whatever, and she'd chew them up real 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 soft, and she'd take it and then give it to the baby. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? All right, that's that's what happens in many churches today. We just we just the preacher crunches it up real small and real tiny and and real platable and real bite sized pieces. We can and, and 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 there's nothing wrong with that. And every service I preach, every service I teach, I'm going to put it on the lowest shelf where the person that's the youngest in the room can reach it. I'm going to do that every time. But, 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 it is your responsibility to get some more meat. It's your responsibility to dig deeper. It's to look further. To come to classes like this where I can be more blunt. I can be more specific and and, and feed more meat on Wednesday night. Then, are y'all with me? Say amen. But take charge. You're in charge. Actually, God's in charge, but you're in charge of your walk with him. When you get to heaven, you're not going to say, well, i tell you what, preacher didn't help me right here. God's not going to say that. He said, guess what? I gave you the Holy Ghost. He was your teacher. And he's a whole lot better than the preacher. Are you all with me? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Let's do this. Let's, let's do this. Everybody that will find a place, um, find a place. Uh, uh, we're praying for our building. Uh, we're praying for our people. Uh, we do want to pray for Miss Diane Harris. Most of y'all uh, know Miss Diane Harris. She, she's having some complications, and she's going to be mad for me telling me, but I'm going to tell you anyway because she's such a great encouragement to everybody else. Uh, they, they, they thought she may be having some heart issues, uh, so we need to pray for her. uh uh, matter of fact i went to see her right before the service she was mad for me being there uh oh you don't need to worry about this this is miss diane harris this is the way she is she's the greatest encourager and i think we all need to encourage her are y'all with me say amen Amen. and and there's others there's others we've got so many others that's, that's had surgery and all this week uh so so let's just pray uh pray for god's will to be done